The Michigan Health and Hospital Association is the authoritative voice representing all community hospitals across the state. They also are one of the sponsors of JR Morning Broadcasting Live here in Lansing. So let's welcome the CEO of this great organization, Brian Peters. Brian, good morning. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me, and welcome to Lansing. Well, talk about first uh, the vital role that the Michigan uh, Health and Hospital Association plays in kind of shaping the healthcare landscape in Michigan. Well, I'm very proud of our organization. We have uh, been around for uh, over 100 years now, and we are a statewide advocacy organization. Fortunately, every single hospital and health system throughout the entire state of Michigan, large and small, urban and rural, they are all members in good standing of our association. And so we speak with one voice on behalf of the, the hospital field and uh, very proud of some of the positive change we've been able to make right here in Michigan. Your thoughts on the Michigan uh uh, tax credit, the Caring for Michigan tax credit that the governor spoke about yesterday. I mean, it, it really will help with a lot of families that are now taking care of their elderly parents uh, in the financial realm. Well, no question. And uh, I had the uh, great honor of being in the gallery last night along with our board chair, uh, Shannon Strebick from uh, Trinity Health. And you could really feel the uh, the positive energy in the room, particularly when the governor talked about issues that directly affect uh, health care and wellness for our families and communities. And that certainly was one of those uh, public policy uh, recommendations. It resonated with me uh, because uh, we understand that quite often when people are discharged from an acute care hospital setting, they may spend a bit of time in a post-acute facility, but the reality is they will likely head home at that point and rely on the support of their family, their loved ones, and uh, they deserve our support mm -hmm. uh, for doing that great work. Whether it is uh, workers in the acute care facility or in a rehab facility or in home health care, mm -hmm. I was surprised that I didn't hear more from the governor about expanding um, the, the labor force there and doing more to expand the supply because you guys are in dire straits in terms of the, the, the available labor that we have here. Were you surprised we didn't hear more about that? Well, I can tell you uh, we've spoken uh, with the governor and her team and certainly with uh, elected officials in the House and Senate about that issue, which, as you mentioned, is a very serious one for our field. In fact, our board of trustees lifted up workforce as our number one priority. Uh, at this point in time, and we have literally tens of thousands of open positions in healthcare. Some of those are clinical, some are non-clinical. I know the governor understands that and has been very, very supportive. In fact, she signed uh, authorizing legislation uh, within the last year or so that uh, supported $300 million in new funding for our frontline healthcare workers, okay. and so we greatly appreciate that investment. Is immigration part of the solution here, legal immigration, and, and is that being addressed enough? It absolutely is part of the solution because uh, we have a long-term pipeline challenge in terms of training more uh, clinicians right. here in our uh, public There's universities. But part of the solution here is immigration reform at the federal level. The fact is we have many uh, qualified, willing, and able nurses and others who are ready to come to Michigan and fill those needed openings, but we can't easily navigate some of these hoops that, uh, that exist in our current system. And so we absolutely are advocating for that change at the federal level. We've seen stories of violence increasing against healthcare workers, and is there any policy in place uh, to help with that increasing number? Well, absolutely, and we uh, really appreciate the bipartisan legislation that was signed by the governor late last year. 
that increased the penalties against those who would commit acts of violence uh, in a healthcare workplace against our frontline hospital You wouldn't think workers. you would need that. You know, it right. was something that uh, during the pandemic and, and after the pandemic really started to ramp up, and it was incredibly frustrating to us to see these people who come to work every single day uh, with the right uh, objective, which is to take care of us uh, yeah. when we need help. It's inexplicable. Help. And, and for them to have to worry about either physical or verbal abuse in that uh, healthcare setting is uh, just untenable. And so we're, we're thrilled that we've made a very strong statement uh, with this legislation. It's not the end of the story. There's much more work to be done. But I think lifting up and shining a light on the issue is the first step in the right direction to say this is not acceptable. But it leads me into the behavioral health issue that we have in Michigan. It's not just Michigan, but it's a crisis across the country. But what needs to be done to better meet the, the, the needs of those who have behavioral issues in the mental health? Well, you're right. We certainly have a behavioral health crisis. It's one that exists in every corner of the state of Michigan and, again, is a high priority of the Michigan Health and Hospital Association. In fact, uh, last year we advocated successfully for a new infusion of $50 million to help build up our pediatric inpatient capacity uh, related to behavioral health. Again, uh, not going to solve the problem, but it's a step in the right direction. I think what we need to do, first and foremost, is eliminate the stigma associated with mm -hmm. behavioral health. I'm a firm believer that sunlight is the best disinfectant. When you can shine a light on an issue, people talk about the issue right. and socialize the issue. Now we understand this is something that not only affects those people, it affects me. It affects loved ones and colleagues of mine. We're all in this together, and I think that's the first step in addressing this vexing challenge of behavioral health. Brian, we know that drug affordability is so important to so many seniors and so many families in general, or if you've got a kid with childhood diabetes, it's a huge issue. There's this notion of a drug affordability panel that's going to be at work here in the state. Help me adjust expectations here. What can we reasonably expect from that body in terms of lowering, and, and will it just be a few targeted drugs? Or will we see more general reductions? Well, it's a concept we certainly welcome because I can tell you we hear every day from our hospital leaders that the cost of prescription drugs uh, has been on the rise and in some cases is threatening the financial viability of our provider organizations and certainly for Michigan families as well. Uh, these rises in drug costs are untenable, they're unsustainable. Uh, we welcome the great innovations uh, that they uh, portend. Uh, certainly they have a strong role in advancing the health of individuals and communities, but the reality is we have to get our arms around this runaway cost problem. And so uh, if bringing people around a table and having those dialogues uh, is part of that solution, we welcome it and we hope to be part of it. Uh, I can't believe these numbers, 36.9% increase in drug costs. So that's what we're talking about here. Absolutely. And if you look at particular specialty drugs, that's really where the, the rise has occurred. And, uh, you know, we understand the need to invest in innovation, uh, research and development, no question about it. But quite honestly, if you look at the increased costs within the healthcare realm, you look at increased costs in hospitals, for example, and other spaces, uh, drug costs far outpace those increases over the last decade, and, and certainly that's not changing. Well, Brian Peters, CEO of the Michigan Health and Hospital Association, we really appreciate you being here, and thank you for bringing us and hosting us here in Lansing. 
Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be with you. And coming up at uh, 8.35, Matt Hall, State Representative, and Senator Eric Nesbitt uh, to speak about their uh, interpretation of the governor's State of the State speech. And we'll have more coming up in just a moment on JR Morning on 760 WJR.